It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Yes, Monday through Friday, we are here for you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you for bringing us along and making us part of your day. We really appreciate it. We're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, here to talk about uh, the big Lakers preview for uh, tonight, Wednesday night's game, uh, by the time you listen to this. Also, big trade between the Bucks and the Six and the Suns, so we'll talk about that. But first, we haven't gotten Jay's take on Hawks and Magic. Couple of wins. The, the win streak is up to nine. Jay, what do you think? Tatum and Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, first of all, first of all, Kyrie kept them in it. That was the first time the defense has really just not been there all season. That was it. That was the first time the Celtics defense. Did not arrive to the gymnasium, and Kyrie was like, "Don't worry, guys. You can t- we can take the night off. We don't have to guard the Hawks. We don't have to dive after that loose ball after Terry Rozier kicked it. We don't have to do all the little things that have allowed us to have such a big winning streak because I'm going to be brilliant." And and he was he was he was really brilliant. He did some stuff that was just special. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy the the last two years. How blessed Celtics fans have been with outrageously great playmaking point guards, like just guys who are just fun to watch. Right. And and Kyrie is Kyrie is definitely fun to watch. Um, and then Tatum, Tatum, man, Tatum, Jason Tatum. The kid, <laughs> he just never disappoints. No, he never. No, really I mean, is there one time when you've been disappointed in Jason Tatum? I mean, he's had a couple of bad like stretches, but even even when his shot wasn't falling or when he was a little too tentative, he was doing other things like rebounding and defending and blocking shots. So I haven't had a single game yet where I sat, sat there and said, "Oh yeah, here goes the rookie." He's done other things. So Tatum has been awesome. He's been awesome. Like. Better, better than anybody could have imagined. Even, even the biggest dookie in the world has has to admit, like the biggest dookie in the world that that could just be poop, man. Well, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Right, I, I forget that I'm talking to Jay King. You know, Mr. very elementary mind, Mister Maturity. But uh, <laughs> in this sense, I am referring to an individual who is a graduate of Duke University. Uh, yeah, even the biggest Duke basketball fan, Jay, if that's okay. Yeah, and I am a big Duke basketball fan. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I actually, I fall on the UNC side of the coin. You can either like one or the other. And in my formative years, I kind of sided with North Carolina and have hated Duke. 
Except except Grant Hill, which is I love Grant Hill so much that he transcends any distaste I have for Duke and Tatum. Really? Grant Hill was my favorite player growing up. Oh yeah, Grant Hill. Oh my God, I love Grant Hill. He's like my favorite non-Celtic ever. All right, all right. That's this is the first time I've ever respected you, Corrales. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's a first time for everything. Uh, <laughs> But Tatum might be up there too. Like I just, it just did. Doesn't matter where he went to school. I, just, the kid is just, he's cool. He's he's there, nothing seems to rattle him, even though maybe once in a while he makes a, a couple of bad decisions and maybe whatever. But has there ever been a, a moment where you felt like, yeah, he he's he's spiraling out of control? There's he hasn't had that. Honestly, it's it's been the other way. I, I wish sometimes that he were not as controlled. Right. I, I think for for the Celtic, like their offense is just mediocre, and he's been outrageously efficient. I wonder what it would be like if if he got more aggressive. Mm-hmm. If he decided, you know, I, I'm going to take all the open threes I have, or. I'm going to attack mismatches more often because he is a mismatch type of guy. He is a guy who can really attack you off the bounce. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens when he does kind of open up a little bit. But but for now, he's just picking his spots and coming through in the clutch and rebounding and playing defense. And he's just been unbelievable. Like when you look at the stats, only he's right now one of two 19 year olds in NBA history, 19 year old rookies at least to average. To be averaging fourteen and six. The other was Carmelo Anthony, who averaged a lot more points, but on a lot less efficiency. And it's it's just like I don't think he'll always shoot fifty two percent from three point land. I think some of what he'll doing, what he's doing, will kind of settle down a little bit. But also, there's the upside to what happens when he just starts taking all of his open threes and goes to the basket more often. So. Tatum, Tatum's a keeper, man. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, th- that's if you're going to have a criticism for him uh, of him, it's that he is a little too tentative, I guess. I mean, look, th- and this is the quote. I'm reading it from your piece on on MassLive.com. Shout out to Jay's work on MassLive. Kyrie said, "Shout out to your boy." <laughs> that pass. He's talking about the pass and the in the corner three with about 50 seconds left or so. That pass had to be made. And Tatum has to shoot it. If he doesn't shoot it, then I'm going to be right in his face telling him he needs to bleeping shoot it. <laughs> then he says, excuse my language, but he's got to step up. And that's, look, 19 years old, and you're walking into a team that has Kyrie Irving, eventually Gordon Hayward again at some point during his career, and Al Horford. So he, he may feel like he doesn't have to be the guy who bears the brunt of the offense and him working the ball around and and just kind of taking what comes is is fine. That's that's a fine way for him to act because eventually he'll he'll become more confident and he'll become the guy who's asked to do more scoring. But in for now, just kind of doing what he's doing, he he's averaging what? Like 15 almost 15 points a game. So that's that's not bad. Yeah, but his usage is seventh on the team. Like, like considering how efficient he's been, I, I really do think he needs to use more possessions one way or another, whether it's just shooting open threes or going to the basket more often. Um, 
I think the Celtics need to find him, especially when he plays with the second unit with like Rozier, Smart, uh, Ojale, Tice, guys who really aren't either top creators or top finishers. I, I think Tatum needs needs more touches, needs needs to do more. And the Celtics kind of maybe need to force him to do more. I, I know they've been begging him to shoot more. They want him to shoot every time he's open. Sometimes he's got a little Kelly, little too much Kelly Olynyk in him. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So I, I, I do think like this kid needs already nineteen years old needs needs more of a role in the offense. That's crazy. He's been so good. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But look, it's been eleven games, and as we've said a million times on the podcast, small sample size. It's it's early, and. They not only has it been eleven games, but everything that he tried, he was working towards in the preseason, has has changed. So, be, with, with the Hayward injury, he's like everybody else, just trying to figure out his his role. And all right, so eleven games in, he's he he needs to finish more plays. He needs to be involved in the offense a little bit more. So that's something that I think that they can pull out of him. Yeah, it's probably easier to take a guy who's a little too aggressive and pull him back than pull out the aggressiveness, but I don't think that's that's really going to be an issue. I just feel like he needs to work his way into that. Again, 19 years old, he's got a good head on his shoulders, very respectful, and I don't think he's coming in trying to be like, yo, I'm Jason Tatum. I'm, I'm a better scorer than most of you guys. So just get out of the way, Al Horford. Let me do my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to come in there and say that. He's going to be like, work, get the shots. And then when Horford and Kyrie tell him to bleeping shoot the ball, then he's going to be like, all right, they want me. My veterans want me to do that. My coaches want me to do that. And he'll work his way into that. So I, I feel like that is, yeah, it's, I don't want to say a concern. It's a thing. It's it's a thing that needs to happen, but it, it's certainly not concerning, it's, and it's certainly something that will. I think this offense will evolve towards. What's most impressive about this kid? He's three weeks into his NBA career, and all the concerns about him pre-draft already gone. Gone. Like, like oh, he's going to be a ball stopper. No. <laughs> oh, he's going <laughs> to live in the mid-range and not be able to shoot three pointers. Sorry, guys, that's not true either. He's not going to be able to fit into an offense. Oh, really? Well, we're having a whole podcast right now about how he should do more. Like, give him the ball more because he's fitting in too much. Like, the defense? Oh, well, here he is on the number one defense guarding anyone from one through four and rebounding his ass off. So it, it did not take Jason Tatum long to get rid of every single doubt, every single major doubt at least that – scouts had co- about him coming into this season nope not at all in three fact, weeks three weeks john three weeks three weeks in three weeks and it he, didn't even take him that long it took him like three games yeah, <laughs> right right like after 11 games like halfway through it was like oh okay and so what he's done so far is not only erase all of the things that people were worried about now people are actually looking for him in things like their draft fantasy leagues because he's a guy that can give you points. And if you want to play daily fantasy basketball and maybe get Jason Tatum to put you over the top and win my money, then you need to use Draft, the Draft app. 
and it's unlike any other basketball fantasy daily fantasy basketball that you have ever used before. You play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long league. So there's just for one night. There's no team management. Once you're done drafting, there's no trades. There's no waiver wire. And you can start a draft at any point. You can start one right now for tomorrow. And unlike some of the other daily fantasy sites, once once a player is gone, he's gone. So you can't have, uh, if it's a five-team draft, you can't have five guys with Russell Westbrook. And you've got to get lucky and hope that you pick the one guy that nobody else has picked that, that may put you over the top. Once Westbrook is gone, he's gone. Once Tatum is gone, he's gone. Once Kyrie is gone, he's gone. And then you watch, and it tallies everything up for you. You play for that cold, hard cash, and the drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Okay, No salary caps, a real-life snake draft, and you can come and join me and Jay and Sam Packard. I know Sam's big on this. On Draft Today, you just download the app anytime, search Draft in your app store, and join a game in minutes. Play right from your computer as well on Draft.com. Either way, whatever you want. And for a limited time, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. So use our promo code LOCELTICS. LOCELTICS, you play a real money game for free just for using our promo code LOCELTICS on your first deposit. And you'll get a credit to enter into a draft. And what we do is on Wednesdays, so this should be our Wednesday show. You're going to listen. At some point, either I or Sam or Jay are going to put up a draft link for the Wednesday night game. And we'll play a draft. You can play against us. I got my cash on the line. All right? So go to draft.com. Make sure that you can do it in your state. Some states don't allow it, but make sure you can. So it's on draft.com. And come join us, and you can play Daily Fantasy, take my cash, or give me your cash, because I will gladly take your cash. I will beat you without, without <laughs> any concern. Without any concern. Uh, NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet. 
wherever you get your podcasts. I, I was going to interrupt you during that ad read, but right when I was going to tell you that I love the draft process and how you can't each have the same guys on your team, J.R. Smith airballed a free throw on <laughs> the Cavs, the Cavs Bucks game that I have in the background. So I, I had to turn turn my microphone on mute and laugh for a little bit. <laughs> that that's pretty funny. That would not be a it good. Was, it was a key free throw too. I mean, uh, they ended up winning anyway, but it was final minute. <laughs> I love J.R. Smith. What a mess they are. But that's a whole different story. Uh, all right. It's Wednesday, the Wednesday night game. And uh, it's not just Draft Wednesday. It's Lonzo Wednesday on ESPN. <laughs> Lonzo Wednesday. I don't know if you guys saw it. I tweeted it out. It's all over the place. ESPN is promoting, I guess, I haven't noticed. Are they just putting Lakers games on Wednesday nights? Because it's... It's apparently Lonzo Wednesday. The Celtics, the 9-2 and two Celtics, are facing off against the Lakers. The Celtics with Al Horford, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, all those guys, and it's freaking Lonzo Wednesday? Lonzo Wednesday, man. Lonzo shooting like 29% ball. Lonzo not ready for NBA ball. Is is what I like to call them these days. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but, <laughs> no, but seriously, like I, I'm a big Lonzo Ball guy. I think he's going to end up being really good in the NBA. I think some of the backlash he's had ten games into his NBA career is stupid. I also think the backlash it's because of crap like this. It's because and and granted, Levar Ball has done like an uh, an amazing job of getting people to talk about. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is an absolute superstar because he's fun to watch, because he's really good, because of all those things, but also because his his father's just entertaining as all hell. Uh, whatever you think about LeVar Ball, the man entertains you. He, he makes you feel, <laughs> whether it's anger or whether he makes you laugh, something. He, he, he brings emotions out of people. Uh, but yeah, this is stupid. ESPN does some stupid stuff. And and this is this is among that. The Lakers have been on national TV all the freaking time already. Lonzo's not even the best rookie on his goddamn team. Kyle <laughs> Kuzma's better. The Celtics have Kyrie Irving, who is a huge, huge draw, one of the most popular players alive. They have Al Horford, who has just been outrageous so far this year, who has had a positive plus minus in every single game. They have Jason Tatum, who's been Probably the best rookie from this draft class, um, if it hasn't been Kuzma or Laurie Mar- Lowry Markinen. So they have so many other things to hype up rather than freaking Lonzo Wednesday. Lonzo Wednesday? Lonzo is about to get the ball ripped from him by <laughs> Marcus Smart. I'm, I'm excited. I, when I first saw that, I was like, ooh, Kyrie's going to get mad. And then I thought about it some more, and I was like, nah, it's no. going to be Marcus Smart. Smart's going to get mad. Hard. Yeah, look, I, I've i been uh, very critical, let's say, of LeVar Ball. And and this is this is where I think he's I'm made I'm a LeVar a, guy. I, I think LeVar is hilarious. I, he, he is in a vacuum. It's funny. But I look at it from the Lonzo perspective. And look, Lonzo is really good. He is – his passing is – absolutely elite level like he finds passes he sees things that uh 
very, very few people in the entire world can see. His passing is phenomenal. His shooting is horrible. Like, that jump shot is so ridiculously bad for the NBA that... He made it, he made it last year. I, I, I'll, I'll give him time. It's just 10 games, man. It's, but it's not just that it's 10 games. It's not just... I'm not talking about his shooting percentage. It's... It, he winds it up from his hip, and players... The only reason he gets any shots off behind the arc is because guys are going three feet under picks and daring him to shoot. And he's shooting 23% from three. Okay? But all of that stuff aside, all of it aside, all of this hype... And all of this stuff, it's, it's brilliant marketing from LeVar Ball. The big baller brand and all that stuff, totally, totally a brilliant marketing ploy. Except if Lonzo continues to be this for his rookie season, then he has put a big, big spotlight on a guy who's not ready for that spotlight. You know, like he's... The stuff that we see is not the stuff that the casual fan really gives a shit about. Like they want to see him score points. They want to see him dominate games and not just be a good passer. They want to see him be a star. And if he's not a star soon, early, some point this season, then I think LeVar Ball has set up himself, his brand, and his son, above all, to kind of collapse like if there's nothing if there's no substance behind all of this hype then people are gonna be like ah whatever he sucks and then but all of this promotion just it, it hurts him I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about lavar ball but if there's no substance behind the hype you're never gonna get hype in the first place so so this is all hype that never would have happened at any point if lonzo wasn't ready sure if he never got ready. Then so, wait, wait so they have hype. Okay. But then it goes away if he sucks. Whatever. I, I'm, I really I, – the one thing we agree on here is that we shouldn't keep talking about Lonzo and LeVar and all of that stuff, at least the LeVar point. Uh, I think Lonzo is good, and he I, – I do think he needs to fix that jump shot because once, once teams decide to challenge that, it's not going to be. It's not hard to challenge. And another thing, another problem that he has right now, he's not entirely explosive when he gets to the rim. He's getting his shot blocked a lot. So, I think I think the Celtics. It's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics play him, and and how they defend the the, the pick and rolls. I assume they'll just go under picks and dare him to shoot. But I think I look at that and I see an opportunity to block shots on the perimeter, get out and run, and pile up points. So. I'm kind of curious to see how the Celtics are going to defend him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to see Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart, he, he gets mad about stuff like that. I feel like like he'll look at that Lonzo Wednesday and be like, bitch, this is my Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that thing's going to be plastered everywhere. I mean, can't you see somebody just putting that Lonzo Wednesday up in everybody's locker? That'd be, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Well, hilarious. wouldn't it be funny if Brad did it? That would be the best. Oh, yeah. Brad, Brad would never do that. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. All right. Well, I mean, that's the Wednesday night game, so we'll be talking about that afterwards. You know, in our post game show, 
So that's just, you know, Celtics Lakers is always fun. That added element is just going to make it a wild ride. So uh, for now, ESPN has every bit of every incentive to keep promoting it that way because that's going to be a very highly rated broadcast. So whatever, they're going to keep doing it. And whatever people decide to think, they think. Before we wrap up the show, big trade in the NBA today. Uh, the Phoenix Suns sent uh, Eric Bledsoe to Milwaukee for Greg Monroe and a couple of picks, first-round pick and a second-round pick with a bunch of protections on there that nobody really cares about. So two things from there, Jay. First, Milwaukee got to keep Malcolm Brogdon and all of the guys that they wanted to keep. They never really cared about Greg Monroe, and they, they took one of they took one of the million bigs that they have on the team, took it out of Jason Kidd's hands so we didn't have to play another big. And now Giannis will have Bledsoe as a kind of 1A. And so first things first, what does that – how do you feel that makes – Milwaukee. How much better does that make Milwaukee, and where does that put Milwaukee in the East for you? I've gone back and forth on Milwaukee this year. Um, I thought for a second they had a chance to be elite. I I question them right now, and I don't. I honest. I personally don't think Bledsoe's that great. Like I know he's a, a a good guard. I know he's better than you know most of the players probably in Milwaukee's rotation, but he's he's not the type of guy who is going to push the needle in a conference. Like, like he could make the Bucks a little better, but I don't think he turns them into like this contender all of a sudden. So I, I question whether the fit is perfect with Giannis. They, they need shooters everywhere. Bledzo is not a knockdown shooter. So I, I don't think it does too much for, for Milwaukee. The, the one thing I, I do think is maybe most interesting from a Celtics perspective is that Greg Monroe could hit the buyout market. And I don't think they'll be interested in Greg Monroe, but they might be interested in seeing who he goes to because Greg Monroe is just a Celtics killer. Yeah, yeah. He um, he tends to have good games against Although Boston. Although Baines now. Baines now. That's the thing. And now, people, the one question that came out of today was, do you think the Celtics are going to go after him if he gets bought out? He doesn't want to be in Phoenix, and I, I assume that he's going to pursue a buyout. And who knows if if this, the the Suns will oblige? But let's assume that he is bought out. How much interest do you think the Celtics do have and should have? I I don't think centers where they need to find somebody. I agree. Like Al Horford's going to spend a lot of time at five. Aaron Baines is going to spend a lot of time at five. Daniel Tice looks like a, a certainly a competent five. Um, so, to me, like if if you want to go out and get somebody in the buyout market or save that or use the DPE, like you need to target a shooter on the wing or a, another wing. I think the the depth there is 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 not as good. So, I don't. Th- I mean, the Celtics. They're deep. They're deeper than I expected. They hit on every fringe signing. Like Tice, boom, legitimate rotation player. Ojale, boom, ready to defend and hit threes right away. Like all these Tatum, Brown, obviously more ready to start and play a, a big role than a lot of people anticipated. So the Celtics have hit on 
everything they needed to hit on to put together a deep roster. And I just don't see how, A, why Monroe would, would want them, except they have more money, which obviously could, <laughs> could impact the decision. Sure. But he's not going to get a lot of minutes there. And I, I just don't think – I just don't see the need for a guy like Monroe, even though he, he does serve a purpose. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't think they, they should. I, don't, I feel like a lot of Celtics fans have this knee-jerk, oh, we need a center kind of reaction. I, I don't think we do. And I would rather have Aaron Baines right now at his money. I, we've already got this guy. Like, we're not going to cut him. We're not going to – somebody's going to have to lose minutes if Monroe comes in, and who's that going to be? You're going to all of a sudden start benching Baines? It doesn't make sense. The guy's doing pretty well. And you can people will argue that he's an upgrade over Baines, sure, but I think money-wise, it just doesn't make any sense. I, it, I, I agree. If, if the Celtics go after anybody, it'll probably be another wing type of guy, or, or they'll wait for a, a guy like, Jalil Okafor or others in that, you know, uh, a, a younger guy who's on the outs that they may decide, let's kick the tires on him and see if he's on the outs because he's just not great or because he's in a bad situation. And you can spend a half a season kind of working with him and seeing, you're, you're basically buying a tryout, an extended tryout, which I'm I'm fine with that plan. I just don't. I don't want to mess with Monroe. I'd rather give the minutes to Ojale and Tice. Those are young guys on rookie deals that, or, or cheap deals that you can hold on to for a while. And why, why stunt their growth? It, it, that, if, I will say this. If the Celtics do pursue Monroe, it's, then that to me would signal that they see Cleveland as being weak and they are doing something that will push them into finals contention. Like that to me would be why they would go for Monroe. But if they don't think that Monroe is the guy to do that, then there's should there's no reason for for them to to even think about it. And I don't think I don't think that I don't think that signing Monroe would push them that way, but you know, Danny Ainge has done things that we don't expect. You know, so if he decided, yeah, we're going to bring Monroe in and we're going to we're going to use our disabled player exception to bring him in, then that tells me, screw it, they're going for it and they're just going to they're going to roll with it for this year and and they see they see weakness, they see an opportunity. Yeah, but I mean, does Monroe doesn't fit. I I agree with Monroe that. I agree with he, that. I'm he just saying. It's, they put together this athletic like Defending versatile roster, you don't want a, a plotting guy to to kind of drag drag you down. I, 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 I totally I'm, agree I'm with not, that. I'm not on the Monroe train at all. I'm I'm totally off the Monroe train. You can't make can't make me think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right, why don't we just end it there? I agree. I for the record, I agree. I'm just presenting an alternate theory, but uh, that. That's uh, I think that's a good place to end it. So why don't we just end it there? Uh, also, Chris Stapps Porzingis just drove to the hoop to put him up three with eleven seconds left. New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn has done extremely well, uh, but except against Al Horford. Except against Al Horford, baby. That's right. 
Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the show, you know what to do. Subscribe, find us, search Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe. Make us part of your daily routine, like I say at the top of the show. Uh, if you are a subscriber, rate us five stars, leave a good review, let these new people to the show know that they should be subscribing just like you, that we are awesome, and we are the best Monday through Friday Celtics podcast because we're the only Monday through Friday Celtics podcast, but that doesn't even matter because if there were others, we'd still be better because we are the Locked On Celtics podcast and we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales, Locked On Celtics, Millie's. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.